Hello, Royals, and welcome back to This Day in History. I'm your host, Sean Cavanaugh. This is part two of my episode on Ronald Reagan. If you haven't heard the first one, please go listen to that one. Anyway, let's get to the history. Ronald Reagan would also play a significant role in the Cold War. Whereas previous presidents sought to ease tensions with the Soviet Union, not Reagan. Reagan went on the offensive in terms of pressure on the Soviet Union. Reagan ordered massive military spending and missile deployment. This not only put pressure on the Soviets, but also increased the deficit, as discussed previously. Reagan would also start the Strategic Defense Initiative, or Star Wars. This project would send satellites into space with the capabilities to stop nuclear warheads. While the project was never realized, it shows Reagan's commitment to being on the offensive. Reagan's administration would also fund insurgent groups who were fighting against communist forces. This would create positive and negative effects. On one hand, the spread of communism could be fought and pushed back. On the other hand, dangerous radical groups were now being given weapons. This would be the case when the United States invaded Afghanistan and found that the weapons they paid for were now being used against them. This also brings me to my next event, the Iran-Contra affair. In one of Reagan's attempts to fight the communists, he armed the Contras, a Nicaraguan rebel group. Problems arose when Congress passed a Boland Amendment forbidding the CIA and Department of Defense from funding the Contras. At this time, Hezbollah, a radical Islamic group, took American citizens hostage due to the United States' involvement in the Lebanese Civil War. To secure the release of the Americans, the Reagan administration sold arms to Iran to appease Hezbollah. The benefits of this transaction were twofold as well. The funds from the sale could also be used to fund the Contras since government money couldn't be used to support them. This was all done behind the back of the American people and Congress. This would be a major blemish in Reagan's legacy. On paper, the blame on Reagan barely stuck, considering he was the Teflon president after all. Besides, reports indicate that Reagan didn't know the full extent of the operation. He most likely knew about the selling of arms to Iran part, but not the rest. Others like Robert McFarlane and Oliver North were much more guilty in this scandal than Reagan. Moving on to another foreign policy issue, the United States would invade the island of Granada. The leader at this time, Maurice Bishop, had been overthrown by Bernard Cord. Reagan was worried about the situation there due to the American medical students being present there, along with the Soviet military buildup as well. Reagan would deploy troops and they would win within two days of fighting. While internationally the invasion was condemned, Reagan received much national support. Moving on to an event in the same vein, the United States bombed Libya in 1986. This was due to Libyan involvement in a terrorist attack in Berlin that injured 63 American service members. Reagan wanted to stop Gaddafi's, quote, ability to export terrorism. Using British air bases nearby, American jets launched and conducted airstrikes on particular targets in Libya. Just like the invasion of Granada, it was condemned internationally. And, just like the invasion of Granada, the American populace viewed it as a success. The final overarching event that I think I should mention is the AIDS epidemic. During the 1980s, the AIDS disease spread throughout America. Doctors were unable to comprehend and treat this disease. Nobody knew what caused the disease, how it spread, or its symptoms. The Reagan administration did not take much action against the epidemic, which has been criticized by many. However, Reagan's stance would change when his friend Rock Hudson died from the disease. With the passing of his friend, Reagan started to pay attention to the AIDS epidemic, asking for C. Everett Koop to write a report on the epidemic. Reagan also proposed $2.8 billion in AIDS research funding, though this was criticized by Democrats. The amount would be raised to $5.6 billion. I think I've covered everything that I consider to be important about Reagan. Sure, there are other things to mention, but I would be here even longer if I did say them. Now, it's time to the conclusion for this two-parter. To answer the question of whether Reagan was the best U.S. president, the answer is no. Personally, other presidents such as Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, or George Washington can claim that title. 
However, was Reagan a superb president? I think that's likely. Reagan was instrumental in ending the Cold War and helping the economy to recover after the Carter presidency. Reagan was a pillar of national unity. Reagan did have his faults and was infallible, though. He drove up the national deficit, and his fight against communism often went too far. I will say that the good outweighs the bad with Reagan, so I think it's okay to say that he was an excellent president. So for the Republicans who believe he was an infallible president with no comparison, I would say that maybe they should reconsider that position. For the Democrats that say he was a terrible president and the reason for many of today's problems, that's not the case either. Six presidents have followed after Reagan, and contrary to popular belief, the U.S. president is not responsible for the world's problems. Well, that wraps up my historical review of Ronald Reagan. I hope I've done a service to his legacy as the 40th president of the United States. Well, either way, thank you for listening, Royals, and have a good day.